nice. Look at this. What's up, everybody? Wow. Happy freaking, uh, what, I don't even know what today is. I got to get these days down. There's something about doing the night show that I always forget what day it is, what time it is. Of course, I know it's six o'clock because I just plugged the show, but I have no idea what day it is. What is today? I, I got to tell you, ever since I've left San Diego, I have had no clue about what day it is, what's going on. I've like locked in the hills here, nowhere to go. Uh, but I am really, really happy to be here. Like, this is the one thing that I really love about being like house sitting right now is because all I do is get to create. I started writing again last night and uh, I've done two shows to like how many days in a row now? This is fantastic. So welcome everybody. And there's a lot of new people I can see. Welcome to Gratitude Unfiltered. This is, this is my favorite thing in the world to do, honestly. Like it's either this, be on stage, um, I love this. This is, I just welcome. I'm so excited when I see new people. Aaron, good to see you. Welcome, Lauren. Welcome, Terry. Welcome, Misty. Good to see you. Wait a second. You're right there. I can see you. Um, really excited about tonight. So I had the privilege and oh, really, really, really quick. Sorry. Armed Radio. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. You guys are a fantastic audience. Uh, we've been new with you guys for about a week and a half now. And to thank you iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio. Thank you guys so much for all of the downloads. Thank you for everyone listening live right now. Uh, so cool. So cool. Thank you so much. Um, I'm really excited about tonight because in Las Vegas, at one of the biggest cluster bleep of an event I've ever been to in my life, a complete disaster. I will not throw anyone under the bus, but I will tell you this. At that event... And this is why you go to events. You get to meet amazing people. And our guest is, he's legend. And I think he's an Okie too, which makes it even better. Uh, he is, he's an Okie. Okay. I just want to make sure I wasn't hallucinating uh, when I heard that. But this guy's a legend. And his story is absolutely amazing. And a lot of you um, may not know it. So this is going to be a treat for all of you. So this is a video that you want to share. Rebecca, I see you. Welcome to the show. Always good to see you. This is a video you want to share because this is going to blow your mind. Uh, but guess what? I have a co-host tonight, and I'm really, really excited about it. She's an amazing human being, so we're going to bring her on really quick. Misty, say hello to everybody. Well, in like one, two, three, four. There you go. Three. How you doing, Misty? Hey, Joshua. Awesome. So good to be here. You look nice tonight. Thank you. Hey. I wish you would come to a recovery event. I would come to a recovery event. I mean, what? I, of course I would. I go any. I would show up anywhere if you allowed. So yeah. I'm really excited to have you on as the co-host tonight. This is going to be a lot of fun, and you've done a lot of research on our guest Marcus. Um, and so I know. I think you're as about as excited as I am. Yes, I am. He's amazing. Oh. <laughs> he really is. So let's get right into it because I'm going to be respectful of his time. But again, guys, this I love you too, Rebecca. This is going to be one of those videos you want to share. So, ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, and in tribute to my bald-headed brother. Uh -oh. 
There you go. There you show it off. Show it off. I don't represent that. So how That's you doing, it. man? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Thank you so much for having me. Dude, Hi, Marcus. This is like this has been too long in the making, man. It really has. It's been a long time since Vegas, yeah? Golly, it's been a long time. And that was a never mind. We're not gonna talk about that. Um, <laughs> so I but I'm really, really blessed and I'm so excited when I found out that I get to introduce you at the Power of We Symposium. Uh, I just literally makes me so excited because just to have the opportunity to introduce you for you to go share your story, it, it, it's epic to me. It's what it's all about. So really excited about that. But first things first, Marcus, I want to know um, in the, tri in the, in the tribute uh, or not in the tribute uh, because this show is gratitude unfiltered and it's not the morning gratitude uh, platform anymore where I ask what people are grateful for. I want to know about a time in your life when just you thought you were done. And it was one of the hardest, most difficult times in your life that you're able to look at now and say, man, I am so grateful for that. Can you tell us about that time? Yeah, I've like everybody, <laughs> we all have we all have low points and we all have places where we think we're at our lowest. And then sometimes it goes lower than that. For me, I was in the military in 2012 and we were preparing to deploy and I suffered a spinal injury while we were preparing to deploy during an, an operation and I woke up I was paralyzed from the neck down uh, I had ruptured a disc in my neck in C5 and it had compressed my spinal cords so that's a save vertebral level where Christopher Reeve was paralyzed right so they sent me to the hospital they put me on the operating table I died twice on the operating table and they were able to save me. And they said, the good news is we saved your life. The bad news is you're going to be like this for the rest of your life. And that was, for me, my lowest point. Uh, I was suicidal. I wanted to take my own life, but I, I was paralyzed from the neck down, so I couldn't even act on that. So it really makes you take stock, look around, and say, wow, now what the hell do I do? Yeah, right? What, hold on just a second. What is that? Is there, is there like a mouse biting on something? Can you guys hear that? I hear something. I'm not sure what it is. I hear it's a little static. I don't know. Okay. I hope it goes away. Um, so, okay, continue. Sorry. No, no, you're fine. So that, that was, um, I, w I went through about three months of just anger. I was incredibly mad at everyone around me, but I was mostly mad at myself because I had I turned 40 years old in that bed, wondering if I was ever going to be able to walk or use my hands again. And that was really the, the place that made me try to understand what am I supposed to figure out from this? Because I was really upset that I wasted so much of my life, it felt like, up to that point. I'd always assumed that I would have a lot of time to do whatever I wanted to do because when you're younger, that's what you do. You have nothing but time. And it, it doesn't give you a lot of urgency sometimes. So I felt like it was... Uh, like I had wasted that time and it was almost like the universe or God had said, well, listen, we gave you all this time and all this potential and all this talent and you didn't use it. So we're going to take it from you. So mm -hmm. I was uh, in a the worst depression ever. Oh my gosh. How'd you get through it? What happened for me was after three months of just being completely angry, I realized that that wasn't serving me and it wasn't making me any better. And I knew that there had to be something to learn from my 
my injury, but the thing is with adversity, it's, it's easy to be philosophical about somebody else's pain, but when it's your own, you suddenly want to be the exception to the rule. You don't want to be the person that has to face it. Right. So for me, I had to find something to get me out of that place of anger. And for many people, the opposite of, of anger is love. But for me, the opposite had to be gratitude. And that's when it started changing my life and turning me around. Um, the thing was, it was hard to be grateful at that point because while I was alive, I wasn't really living. I was just existing. So what I had to do was take myself out of the equation and stop saying my life sucks and me, 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 and I, I, I. And I started looking at well, what was something positive that happened. So as I was saying, we were, pre we were preparing to deploy, but I never got to deploy and for every man in the infantry that gets injured, it takes at least two men to drag him to safety. So if this had happened while I was overseas, there would have been at least my team would have been put in harm's way. My squad would have been put in harm's way. The Chinook helicopter and the medevac team that would have come in to get me. In all, I could count down about a dozen people that would have been in part, put in harm's way if I'd have been injured over there. And the first time I actually thought about that and was actually... It washed over me. That's the first time I felt gratitude and the first time I could smile. You know, I started breaking down and crying. And from there, that was my cornerstone of gratitude. And once I could have that, I could build upon it. And soon I was grateful for everything from the bed I may never get out of to the room I may never leave because I realized that at least nobody else was hurt in the process. Okay, so I want to... I want to I want to ask you now that because a lot of times when we go through something we get through it we're able to look at it go wow I'm so grateful that happened but that euphoria of gratitude eventually goes away right how did you like how did you keep that with you because I know it's something that you carry with you when you're when you're when you're on stage now and you're living your life now that's a piece of you that stays with you. Do you remind yourself often, or is it just something that just stays with you all, all the, every day through? I'll, I'll tell you a part of the story that I don't really talk about. Um, I, talk, I go into it about my, in my book, but when I do the interviews, there's not a lot of time. But initially, about a month after I was initially injured, I got a little bit of feeling back in my fingers and my hands. And there was this arrogance, there was this hubris that I had. And I was like, see, I overcame death. I knew that they, I knew the docs were wrong. I'm going to overcome this. I'm going to walk. It's going to be fine. It's not a big deal. And when I had that arrogance and I kept thinking about, well, what am I going to do when I get out? And blah, 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 blah. And about three days later, I regressed back to the very first place that I was again, where I was completely paralyzed again. And that, that was the big eye opener for me. So, of course, I'm now I'm panicked. Now I'm even more angered. And that's what forced me to embrace the adversity, right? So eventually when I, I but I, I tried to regress and re reverse engineer it. And I thought, well, no, 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 no. I need to genuinely be grateful and not just give myself this false gratitude, right? Or this, uh, this pseudo gratitude. And when I did that again, that's when I started getting a little bit back. Once I started seeing my adversity as a gift instead of a curse, I truly started getting a little bit of feeling back in my fingers and hands. But I took that little bit. So I thought, even if I don't do anything else, this is better. And I'm grateful. And every single day I live like that. And even today I do that because 
I stay within striking distance of adversity in some capacity, whether it be the way I try to push myself if I work out, whether it be being disciplined or, or working hard to help other people. Those are the things that keep me tethered to that and they keep me within that proximity. And that's always a reminder for me. So if I can keep these micro adversities within range, it keeps me very grounded. And I've lived every day ever since then with this attitude of I had a second chance. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to hesitate. I'm not going to compromise. And I'm going to live with everything I got for the rest of the time that I have on this earth. So. And micro adversity is almost the same way of saying like keeping an edge about you. Like you know, some people, like for me, I, I never want to lose that chip on my shoulder. Now, I don't want to be a jerk about it, right. but I, I, I never want to lose that edge because that edge, for as much damage as my father did to me by nothing ever being good enough, ever hearing good job, I also look at it now and go, that, that is the very thing that out, helps me outwork everybody. The reason I'm willing to put myself through so much crap and, yeah. <laughs> and never give up and be relentless is because of that. And, and it's taken me so long to be able to look at that and appreciate it. But now I'm so thankful for it because I'll never lose that chip. I'll never lose that edge for that very, very reason. So is that kind of the same thing for you? It is. And everybody talks about gratitude. I understand. But in, in my opinion, a lot of people get it wrong because it's easy to be grateful when everything's going great. It's easy yeah. to be grateful when I'm having a conversation with great people like you. We're having a great time. But it's really difficult when it actually hits you. When adversity comes to call, it's a lot different. And that's exactly what happens. So what I do is I understand that you can't just cherry pick the stuff you're happy about. You can't just cherry pick the stuff you're grateful for. It's, that's not how gratitude works. You have to be grateful for everything, right? And nobody does that, or a lot of people overlook that. So they're grateful when they get uh, a date or when they get a raise at work or they, they get a good deal in, as an entrepreneur, but now the guy that cuts them off in traffic and gives them the bird, now they're pissed off. You can't do that. You have to understand you have to have 360 gratitude for everything. And if you can be just as grateful for winning the lottery as you can for that guy to cut you off in traffic, then you're bulletproof. And no matter what happens, it's either a reinforcement of something positive or it's something that we deem as negative, but it's an opportunity for us to learn. It's like, okay, what can I learn from this? What is the lesson within this? What light is it shining a weakness upon and how can I get better from it? And if you can do that now, no matter what happens to you in your life, you're golden. And that's yeah, the way I live. I have one more question and then I, I think Misty has a couple of questions for you too, but how, when did you make that decision that, that you were going to take your un, very unusual, painful, difficult circumstances and you were going to use that as fuel to start blessing other people's lives? When did you make that decision and what did that look like for you? It was sort of by accident because when I got out, I just started teaching martial arts again because that was my love and that really helped me regain a lot of my, my physicality and my motor skills. <laughs> Because I, you know, even though I was recovered, I still wasn't where I wanted to be. And I had a student, and all of a sudden he said, your story is amazing. Would you come here and speak about it? Yeah. And it was a very small thing, and I, I'm like, okay. It's not like I had my TED Talk written out or my, my keynote written out at that point. But if you teach in front of 50 people all the time as a martial arts instructor, it's not a big deal to talk to a bunch of people. And then that belt, and then all of a sudden these people are like, well, we'll pay you this amount to come out. 
And I was like, oh, a paid speaking engagement. And then one person at one of those engagements says, do you have a book? You need a book because if I'm not able to give the information to somebody else, if I have a book, I can tell them about it. And so it kind of happened organically, really. And that's how the coaching happened, too. One of the students, I would give him a lesson, and then we would go to lunch. i give him a private lesson. We would talk about the concepts that we just worked on in that lesson as a martial arts instructor. And we would apply it to his life or to his marriage or to his business or to his relationship with his kids. And after a few months of that, he said, I've got a business coach that I'm paying 1500 a month for. And he's not giving me half the information that you are. He said, I should hire you. And I started laughing. I was like, well, just write me a check or whatever. And uh, <laughs> he went and got his checkbook. And he said, okay, so let's do six months. I'll just pay you up front. Wow. And the thing was, to me, coaching, it was just like being a teacher, just like being a Sifu or a sensei or a guru or a coach. It's about love and accountability, but it's also about calling them on their BS and kicking them in the ass and making them do the work. And it's that's how I got my keynote speaking. That's how I was eventually offered the TEDx talk and then the book. And now we're talking today. So it's, it's, it's been a whirlwind, but it's, I'm very grateful. And that's how it kind of came to pass. Wow. Misty. Hi, Marcus. So pleasure to meet you. Your story is very inspiring. Hi. Thank you so much. So I read, I I was looking into some of your, your previous talks and you, you mentioned, you said all life's battles teach us something. And I, I believe that you have to be open to see the lesson there. That's right. Don't you feel that you have to train yourself to be open to those positive things around you to find the silver lining and everything that that may look so so dim and, and you know unrecoverable? What advice could you give to someone to to teach to start training their brain to look at the positive, to look at the silver lining? What advice can you give to to um, Teach someone to open their eyes. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I've been doing martial arts since I was 11, so I've had these philosophies sort of baked into my my moral being. But yet, even when I'm in the midst of it, it was still hard for me to look at it and say, where is the lesson in this? You know, I kept pushing back against it. And it's like pushing back against the ocean. You can't. It's, it's going to win. You're not strong enough. Exactly. So what you have to do is you have to look at it and you have to say, a lot of people say, well, why did this happen to me? Or, you know, why do good things happen, bad things happen to good people? What you have to do is you have to reverse engineer it. And then you have to say, okay, well, what is this bad thing that happened to you? What did you learn from it? Okay, so that's why it happened. And it's not always easy. And sometimes a lesson to be learned is to never put yourself in that position again, right? (laughs) Choices, because it's a choice. That's that's exactly what it is. So you have to understand that, and you have to look at that, like I say, as that opportunity. The best way to do that is people talk about gratitude every day, and they say these are the things I'm grateful for. What I would do is kind of do what I was talking about before, which is think of three things that pissed you off today. And now that you're away from it, and now that you can breathe, and now that you have some distance, was it that bad? What did you learn from it? Maybe that guy that cuts you off in traffic, maybe he's rushing the hospital, right? right. So that's, that's the way I approach it. I try to be as pragmatic as I can and keep it really functional because if you can't put it in, into play, it doesn't matter what you know. That, oh, my gosh. That, I love that. That's almost, to me, that is almost as important. That's a good way of checking in. And, Jason, if you're still watching, what is the end-of-the-day exercise that you do every day? 
Um, it's so powerful. Um, but it's, it's, but being able, that's just as golly, I'm going to start doing that because you know what? A lot, I'm one of those people that a lot pisses me off. And it, sometimes because I let that fuel me, it takes me too long to figure out why I'm thankful for it. Yep. Sometimes I let it, it affect weeks before I'm able to yeah. go, oh, I'm grateful for that. Maybe if I just looked at it a couple hours later and go, okay, where's the opportunity in this dummy? That, you know? That's it. Well, a lot of people tell you all the time, you know, oh, you always think someone else has it worse than you. You got to, you know, I'm not looking at it so bad. But, you know, when it's happening to you, that gummit, it's happening to you. And it seems huge and real and in the moment. And we get so angry. And I've also heard you say on some of your talks that you, you relate anger to depression. And I feel like spot on with that one, because I believe that depression, that anger, just all that suppressed keeps us in that spot where our eyes are closed. and We don't see the blessings around us or we don't want to see that someone has it worse than us because we want to be for me at the time. That's right? it. And it becomes a it becomes a horrible cycle where people they enjoy the attention they get if they're a victim. They enjoy complaining, oh, I hate Monday, and man, my job, and the weather, and this person, this relationship I have. And they see it's almost like a child. If a child yeah. can't get your attention for doing the right thing, they're going to act out. And guess what? Attention yeah. is attention to them. Either way. <laughs> right? Josh was like, yeah. So, and again, I'm, with social I'm 39. <laughs> and that's it with social media. It almost feeds that. But what right. happens is it doesn't encourage the people to get beyond it. And now they become intoxicated with this victimology. And now they can't wait to be victimized by anything and everything around them, even when there's really nothing for them to be that upset about. And I'm not trying to guilt shame people. I'm not trying to do first world problems because I've had people come out <laughs> sideways about that. And I'm like, that's fine. But this is my perspective from my experience. And if you don't agree with it, there's a million other people that you can listen to and a million other books and TED, TED Talks you can look at. But for me, that's, that's the way I put it into play. And uh, th that's how it has to be applied all the time. And, you know, I'm not this enlightened Zen stoic monk. There's still days where I have, yeah, where I still have, you know, adversity that kicks me in the ass or stuff that happens. And like you said, I'm like, dumbass yeah it's right there you know but you still need that distance and you gotta breathe and you still gotta keep yourself accountable so it's you're, you're never gonna have it perfect but if you could at least attempt perfection it will get you much closer and you'll be happier in the long run yeah hey so i want to know what injustice in the world just pisses you off worse than anything i, I think i just mentioned it the fact that people will give away their power that they disempower themselves that they believe that they cannot do anything. And so they just wallow in it and they sit there and they live this miserable existence like they're doing a prison sentence. And they live the same year over and over for 75 years. And then at the end of their life, they don't have much. For me, laying in that bed, it was almost worse than death because I was 40 years old, but I still had 40 more years on this planet probably to live, mm -hmm. right? But yet I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been able to move. So to live 40 more years in that place where I'm not able to do anything physical and I've been physical my entire life. I was in the infantry when I got injured. And as people, we sort of define ourselves by our occupation. And right. I prided myself on, I went in the military at 38. I was, you know, pretty old going against guys half of my age. 
So I had to have that physicality as well as the mindset to put me there. So I, I was very proud of the fact that, yeah, I can keep up with these guys. I'm outdoing these guys. I've got a better mindset. I'm stronger. And the mind is strong because, you know, my body broke down and my mind kept telling it to go. But that's the thing that aggravates me is when you see a person, it's almost like this. I'm going to give you a great example. Man, Joshua, I am so thirsty. God, I'm thirsty. Joshua, I wish you could just come over here and drink this tea. Maybe that would help me be less thirsty. Man, I wish there was something I could. It's almost like I can. Almost like I can taste it. It's like I am so thirsty, but I'm afraid I'm going to die of thirst here. These people have all. They have all the opportunity in the world. It's right there if you just go out and work on it. But very few people will reach out and actually do it. God, that's so true. So you can have the tea sitting right in front of you. It, exactly. It. It's right there. Reach out and grab it, guys. Right yeah, that, that gave me anxiety. Just like, I'm like, just drink the tea. Drink the tea. Like, I know you're making an example, but just drink I'll, the tea. I hope you are. Um, so I was talking earlier about having the opportunity to introduce you at the power of we. And, yes. and one of the things that every speaker has done is choose a superpower. What, what is your superpower? Mine's adversity. Adversity. That's adversity. Um, you know, adversity I, is that drill sergeant that yells at you when you get off the bus at basic training. He's in your face. Adversity shows up unannounced at the most inopportune times without apology. It doesn't give a damn about what you want. It doesn't care about what your feelings are. And it doesn't take no for an answer. So adversity offers you no other choice. And you're only as strong as the adversity that you overcome. So for me, that, that was great adversity, but it also gave me great strength. Now, and you're going to be sharing the stage with some other just amazing oh, speakers. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, like, I get chills thinking about some of the speakers and just knowing their speaking style and I've heard their, you know, I know their story. Like, I'm just so juiced up about being there. But really, this event is about the kids. Tell us, tell us what it means to you to have the opportunity to not only be on stage there, um, but also what it means for you to be able to breathe, breathe life into these kids. Yeah, this is, this is an epic, epic event. I don't know if people understand how profound this is, how profound it's going to be. And then, you know, we've all talked. We know the potential of this for the future is huge. Mm -hmm. And the amount of impact that's being made and can be made. My goal is to impact others so that they can help create other leaders and impact more people around them. And I think that any of the, the kids that are there, I think that once they see that they are the ones that are in charge of what they do, that they don't have to get permission from somebody else or validation from another group of people or another, you know, even a family member to allow them to go forward and see what they're capable of. I think that they have more potential than they give themselves credit for. And I think that by seeing what we have to do, I mean, if you hear Lauren Michael speak once, you know, you're going to want to just rip the, the, the whole house down. It's going to be amazing. But to have all of us there and then, you know, I'm, I'm donating some books so I can make sure that they all, you know, have something that they can take after that and, and read through. And, you know, everybody has tough times. And if you can look at something and see that somebody's gone through more, and that's what I do. I mean, I look at people on other sides of the world that don't even have clean water or food. Right. You know, and we're sitting here bitching about the fact that my Wi-Fi is not real great right now. It's like, come <laughs> on, guys. In the grand scheme of things, we got it pretty good. 
So yeah. if we can look at it like that, it gives us a lot more perspective and that perspective keeps us honest and humble. I love it. What'd you dream about being when you were a kid? Uh, I, I did dream about being in the military. I dreamed about being a fireman and all that stuff, but there was a part of me that enjoyed, I guess, speaking or performing as well. So maybe I've done all those things, kind of wrapped them into one, it sounds like. Sounds like it, yeah. I love that. Miss, do you have another question? Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, you know, a lot of us throughout our lifetime, you know, I've been in a career for 22 years, and I'm just now realizing that's not my calling. You know, it's mm-hmm. been satisfying, but that's not my calling. A lot of us, maybe some of us have had adversity to get to that place, and maybe there's some of us that just don't know who we're supposed to be. You know, how, how do you suggest we or others find what the true passion is? How do you find your passion? There are a lot of different ways to go about it. Uh, when, I was, when I was injured, I realized that I had done kind of like what you're saying, where there were things that I was good at, but it wasn't a passion for me. Or if, here's the thing. If you ask somebody else, if I ask any of you guys what my passion is, it's almost like asking you, what should my favorite food be? <laughs> you guys don't know, right? I mean, you can tell me what you like, but what are you doing? Projecting your preferences and possibly your limitations on me. That's true. Right. So the idea is to go out and have as many buffets as I can of foods and experiences (laughs) and find out if nothing else, I don't like this, but this stuff I kind of like. And the more of those experiences are going to give me more interest. They're going to give me more direction. And then the more of those that I get, they will start to dovetail. Very few times do we have a neatly written sign in front of us that tells us when you're 14, okay, listen, you're going to be a keynote speaker and an author and you're going to do this. It doesn't happen like that. No. And the irony is, even if it did at 14, we wouldn't believe it. Oh, I was going to say, like, right. some people do get the visions when what they're supposed to do when they get older. But you're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> that's, <laughs> like, that's like, whatever, you know, and, and, and I was that guy. Like, I, I was that guy where I'm just like every sign it was screaming at me in the face. This is what you're supposed to do. I'm like, yeah, but yeah, but. I've been in sales my whole life. That's what I'm supposed to do. You know, I'm supposed to yeah. take over the family business. Or oh. I'm supposed to be a pro golfer or, you know, whatever. Like we all have. Yeah. So I, I understand that because it, yeah. 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 And I'm hard headed anyway. So I needed to be. No, not you. <laughs> well, and, and back to your, back to your question, Misty. Um, sometimes we'll see something that pisses us off so much. Like, like you were asking about Joshua, where you're saying, what really you know, lights a fire under you. That's what people mm-hmm. need. They need something that pisses them off so much and they see maybe an injustice or a problem that has to be solved. How many people have we heard about that say, because my mom had cancer, now they do cancer research or now they exactly. donate a lot of that right. time. So everything is going to be unique to us, but there are going to be many things that these are all dots in our lives. It's up to us to connect those dots, to have mm-hmm. everything dovetail. And then eventually, once it aligns with what we believe, then it becomes a little bit more apparent and understand also that it's okay to walk down a road. Like you were saying, you've done 22 years in this. You, it's not that you wasted that time. You learned a tremendous amount, but now you've right. also learned the important lesson, which is that there's probably something else that's going to be better for you. So it wasn't right. time wasted. It was just, there are many paths at the top of the mountain. We just have to figure out which one we want to take. And oftentimes because we're so close to it, it's hard to be really objective. So just try to keep ascending, and that's the key. So and every choice we make, oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead, go All ahead, right. Mr. I was just saying, every choice we make is also altering that path down the mountain. 
each choice we make, you know, directs Absolutely. us another way and, exactly and leads that. us into another acquaintance or another buffet, as you will, Indeed. to get us to where we need to go. Right. Absolutely. So, you know how <laughs> rappers want to be actors and then you'll have athletes <laughs> that want to be athletes. They want to be rappers. And like, you know, everyone, like they're in something, they've mastered it. They've, they've gotten to the top of their game, but then they've got something in the corner of their eye that they really want to try. Like, you know, Johnny Depp is this actor, yet he wants to be a rock star, right? Yeah. Uh, or dress like a freaking pirate. I don't know. Uh, anyway. Over what, and over again. What is, what, what is your pirate? Oh, uh, what is my pirate? <laughs> it's not, I'm not, you know what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. Maybe, maybe you want to be a pirate. I don't know. But I mean, what is that thing? Because you have... You know, obviously, there's more stages for you to speak on. There's more books for you to write. But what is that thing out of the corner of your eye that's like, yeah, I kind of want to give that a shot? I don't know. I mean, I've had people that were saying, you know, I've had people that are friends that are in L.A. They're like, hey, come out. We're doing a movie, blah, 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 blah. It's like, I don't know if I'd want to do that. But then I look at everything that we're doing now, and it's like, it's really not that different. And I'm sure they're not going to cast me in a part where I have to really go outside of my normal acting chops is that as it were not that i have any but i think that'd be fun and i think that that would be you know an additional dimension to what we're doing so that'd be it, fun it, and I, I i when i moved to la i was i'll never i'm like i'm not acting i'd never do this i'd never do that next thing i know i'm on set and i'm like you know helping and next thing <laughs> i know i'm in a scene and next thing i know i'm giving myself speaking parts and then i given a speaking yeah. part and now i'm in a movie i'm like well how'd that happen that it's actually happened. kind of fun like yeah. it's getting to play a character. I mean, it's, I don't know. I, I could totally see that. It would be fun. I think. Yeah, for sure. I just can't cry on demand. Like that's the one thing I couldn't do. I can't do that either. But like I said, you and I, with this haircut, we're not going to be the, the soft guy. <laughs> we're not going to be in the rom-com as a lead. Well, we might, but we're probably going to be the tough guy that they asked to come in to beat somebody up or, I mean, I'm not that tall. I'm only five, nine. So maybe they'd have to, you know, alter things around, but. Tom yeah. Cruise is like five, three. So. I know. The midget Scientologist, yeah. Scientologist. <laughs> and another thing, I can promise you, you can act better than Vin Diesel. <laughs> if I have hey, more than one, wait a minute. More than one facial expression, I got him pinned. Right? So, <laughs> I'm in Fast Eleven. Marcus Aurelius Anderson is Fast and the Furious Eleven. Oh, wow. oh gosh, man. So, and what's next for you, man? Right You've power of we. What do you have going on? Like, what? What's next for you? Power of We, coaching, more speaking, um, working on a second book potentially, and then I'm going to be speaking in Europe next year. Rass. So there's a lot of stuff uh, in the works. And I'm, uh, again, just, I, I love the live stuff. I love, just like when I got to meet you, Joshua, like, and, and what was what was the blessing of that? What was the opportunity that we got, that we got to talk, and now that we're talking now, I love getting to meet people you get a really good vibe for them. You get a really good authentic idea of who they are. <laughs> and I love being able to, <laughs> I love being able to, to get that, that kind of experience with people. So that's why I live for, man. I want to empower as many people as I can with the time that I have on the, on this earth for the second opportunity. So that's, that's amazing. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about the power of we, and I really do hope that this, you know, it's not the only one. Like, I'd love to see this travel because of what it's going to do. And, you know, I'm really excited for you. And this meant a lot to me that you came on. Uh, Misty, do you have any questions for him? Other questions? 
I, I just, I'm really excited to meet you. I'll be at the Power of We as well. Oh, beautiful. I, be I look a, forward a to seeing you as well. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I think it's gonna be, these kids are so fortunate to have all the powerful speakers that will be there. There's just so many amazing people that, that they're going to be, their eyes are going to be open to the a different mindset that they've probably never even heard before. You know, that positive, positive thinking, training their brain to be positive. Very excited for it. Yeah, mark my words, this alumni of kids that are going to be here, you're going to see mm-hmm. movers and shakers and world changers absolutely. from them. I, absolutely. I absolutely well, just the choice, just the choice they're making to be present, I feel, is already that first step. I absolutely it's their agree. their choice to be there. And, and then to me, the people that have hurt the most in their life have the capability. It almost becomes their superpower to go do something extraordinary. You know, like for me, I was, I was extraordinarily bad. (laughs) But the minute that I decided to, you know, shift that and start living the way that I was supposed to live, it gave me a different type of superpower that was incredible. And we all have that. But so the, the fact that the beauty of this to me and what's so great is that we can get to these kids sooner and give them the opportunity to maybe prevent having to hurt as bad, you know, they, they can stop the cycle, you know, and that's, that's really, I think the goal here is that we want to stop the cycle, give them hope and help them redirect them to a path that offers them more hope and more possibilities than a gel cell or, you know, a a, a toe tag. That's exactly it. And when you go through adversity or hardship, you can either develop empathy or you can develop anger about it. And if we can, like you say, break that cycle and get them towards that empathy point, that's going to give them more balance in their lives. It's going to give them more empathy for other people that they see that are going through things. And again, that's sort of what that exercise was that we were talking about that you do at the end of the day. It's, it's perspective, but it's developing empathy that's, that's functional. And that's the idea. I love it, man. Well, listen, Marcus, I'm so grateful for your time tonight. I know you're a busy man. Uh, but you are a blessing to this world, my friend, and I uh, rooting for you all the way. And I can't wait to see you. Uh, God, like a month and a half is it? Yeah. Four, Forty-nine days. Forty-nine days. September twentieth. September twentieth, Chicago. Yep, the Stan yes. Mansion. You guys better be there. I'm excited. I'm so excited. Excited well, listen, to see so many people. God bless you, brother, and I will see you very soon. Thank you. Absolutely, I look forward to it. You all have a fantastic week. All right. Thank you, you Marcus. Thanks for having me. Wow, that guy's a stud. Yes. How about that? Well, listen, I, uh, Misty, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thank you for co-hosting with me. Um, I'm excited to meet you as well in Chicago. Yes. And um, everybody, I'll plug the ticket information. You guys, listen, this is going to be an event unlike any other event. Um, The lineup is absolutely extraordinary. So you guys go to Chicago if you can. Or if you know somebody in Chicago, tag them because they really want to be a part of this event. So, Misty, God bless you. Thank you so much. Thank and you. Uh, radio thank audience, you. Facebook, thank you guys for the support. You guys have a great evening, and we'll see you tomorrow morning at 9. Take care. Bye.